ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. It was meant to be a nation-building project, a major initiative to begin delivering green power by next year to help Australia into a low-carbon future. But Snowy Hydro 2.0 has been upended by a single machine that got bogged underground, delaying it by years. Today, Four Corners reporter Angus Grigg on the mistakes that were made and the billions of taxpayer dollars they've cost. Angus, Snowy 2.0 is a huge project, but it has quite humble origins, doesn't it? Yes, indeed. It was a project that was first conceived in the 1960s and was always shelved as sort of too difficult and too expensive. But then when we had a sort of energy crisis in 2016, it was revived again. For the first time in the history of the national energy market, an entire state was plunged into darkness. And uh, indeed, former CEO of Snowy Hydro, Paul Broad, and one of his senior executives, they they discussed the plan and it was drawn out on the back of a beer coaster at the Alpine Hotel in Cooma in 2017. And that was really the sort of when they fired the starting gun on reviving this massive project, which up until that point had seemed too costly and too difficult. Yeah, okay. I hope they've kept the beer coaster. Yeah, I don't know what's happened to that, but uh, it could be a bit of uh, Australiana history. Yes, exactly, exactly. Great ideas on the back of beer coasters. All right. That was at a time, Angus, that the coalition was in government when Malcolm Turnbull was Prime Minister. And this was exactly the sort of thing that they were looking for, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So if you cast your mind back to 2016, there was that huge blackout in South Australia, the state effectively went dark for a good period of time. And the coalition, led by Malcolm Turnbull, was under huge political pressure to respond, to show that they had a plan for the energy transition. And to be frank, they didn't really have a plan. And so they were sort of scratching around for ideas. And Malcolm Turnbull, who actually does know a huge amount about this area, decided that pumped hydro was the thing that would help stabilise the grid, it would help use this surplus renewable energy. Mm-hmm. And so he he was casting around for a couple of ideas. There was a bit of a push to maybe go to Tasmania and then they settled eventually that they could, you know, reheat, if you like, or revive this old plan from the original Snowy scheme and he dubbed it Snowy 2.0. Snowy Hydro, what an extraordinary achievement. These are big dreams in these mountains real courage, a belief in the future. I am a nation-building Prime Minister, believe me, and this is a nation-building project. So, in essence, Snowy 2.0 was a key project in our transition away from fossil fuels. So just explain for me, Angus, how was it meant to work? So it's a pretty simple idea, really. Initial thing that attracted everyone to the project is that the two main reservoirs that would be used were already built. They were already part or are already part of the Snowy Hydro scheme. 
So the idea is that you would take these two existing reservoirs, one up high, one down a little bit lower, and you would link them by this series of tunnels. And so during the day when there was surplus uh, renewable energy, particularly solar power, you would use that surplus solar power to pump water from the bottom reservoir 27 kilometres up to the top reservoir. And then when people got home at night and turned on the television, started cooking dinner, you would release that water down through a power station. It would generate energy and then that would essentially act as a giant battery that could harness this surplus renewable energy from the daytime and people could use it at night when clearly the sun wasn't shining. Yeah, brilliant. And the idea was that it could power three million homes over the course of a week. Mm. It was going to generate uh, something like 2,200 megawatts of power and a way that Malcolm Turnbull ultimately thought would help bring down power prices, which was a really hot-button political issue at the time and, and still is now. Yeah, absolutely still is now. So that's the history, Angus, of all of this, but it hasn't been an easy ride and there has been a lot of problems facing this project. It was meant to be operational by 2024, but there is no way that's going to happen, is there? It's fair to say they've had a couple of problems, absolutely. The initial estimates for the project were that it would cost $2 billion and that you'd have the first power by 2024. Now, the estimates are that it'll cost $12 billion and it will be operational by 2028. So, you know, give or take, it's about $10 billion over budget and about 10 years late. Gosh, okay. And you went along to have a look at it. Hi there. Hey, good day. How are you doing? Good. Welcome to one of the world's biggest batteries. Yeah, absolutely. We got great access. Dennis Barnes, the new chief executive, uh, showed us around. How do you feel looking down on this? I feel incredibly proud of the team who are delivering this great project. He spent a couple of days with us. The key thing that uh, we really wanted to look at was this giant tunnel boring machine called Florence, which is stuck. And so we went down into the ground or into the tunnel and had a look at the progress or lack thereof of this tunnel boring machine. Tell me more about Florence then. Yeah, so Florence is this giant tunnel boring machine. It's uh, 150 metres long. It cost about $150 million. And it's a very sophisticated piece of equipment. And the idea is it will tunnel 15 kilometres through the Kosciuszko National Park from one of the reservoirs to the power station. Mm -hmm. What we've discovered in the course of doing this story, what Florence needed to go through this soft ground was some really sophisticated infrastructure and that was called a slurry machine that should have been attached to the back of Florence. Now, not only was that uh, piece of infrastructure not attached, it wasn't on site. Mm. And so that was a really key failing and that it meant that Florence wasn't able to push forward and that it eventually did get stuck just 150 metres into that tunnel in the soft ground. So Florence got bogged, basically, and couldn't move forward. Yeah, I should actually go back a step. 
So when the project was first announced, they did a feasibility study and the engineers who were doing that uh, were very well respected, a company called SMEC. And we've talked to insiders, this is what they've told us. They begged Snowy Hydro. They said, we don't understand enough about the geology. We don't understand enough about the tunnel path of where these tunnel boring machines are going. And we're very worried that actually one of them could get stuck. So they went to Snowy Hydro and they said, we need to do more drilling. And because of the political pressure to get this project started, that request was rejected. The second really big mistake they made was that as they were preparing to launch this tunnel boring machine, Florence, they drilled ahead about 100 metres or so. And what they discovered was that the ground was really soft and that there was effectively an underground river. And it was gushing thousands of litres of water every few seconds. So that should have been a moment to pause and to reevaluate whether they really wanted to launch this machine. If we go forward to about March 2022, when Florence was launched, with great fanfare, I would say, just eight weeks after that, Florence hit the predicted soft ground and was effectively bogged. And so I guess, you you know, your big takeout of this is that this problem was entirely preventable. What then does the CEO of Snowy Hydro, Dennis Barnes, have to say about all of this? Because the company's come under a lot of criticism. Yeah, huge amount of criticism for the project and the way that it has been managed and implemented. So Dennis Barnes, he's been brought in to clean up the mess. And I'd say he's a pretty safe pair of hands. He's had a lot of experience in the industry. So lots of people have said really harsh things about Snowy 2.0, that it'll never be completed. What do you say to them? Well, I say I'm here to complete the project. We're 40% of the way in. Uh, We've learned a lot. We've now got a, a contract reset, a way of working reset, which I believe will deliver. And above all else, it's incredibly important to the uh, energy transition. And Now, in the time since he's come in, since about February this year, they've done a huge amount of work. They've actually done some of that drilling that they should have done earlier. They've done some proper evaluation. And he's quite confident that they can finish this project by 2028. He's confident that the budget of about uh, $12 billion will stick this time. But he does also admit that there's a huge number of challenges ahead. But the problems with Florence, they were hidden from the public for a long time, weren't they? Yeah, so one of the really big issues is the lack of transparency in this project. And so effectively, Florence was bogged, stuck, pause, whatever language you want to use, eight weeks after it was launched in about May 2022. But Snowy Hydro not only hid this from the public for the best part of six or seven months, 